Welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. We are having a wonderful guest on this evening who uh, just, uh, it's really part of the celebration of these wonderful holidays to have our guest, Katya Grinieva, who is originally from Russia, born in Moscow, and has been living in New York City for, well, several decades at this point, even though she's only 39, so it's very interesting. She's Her music defies time, and it, people become uh, younger and more youthful as they listen to it. Well, Katya has been a guest on A Better World TV going back a number of years before she played at Carnegie Hall for one of her first debuts there, and uh, she is an extraordinary musician. She attended the Moscow Music School. She went on to Moscow High School of Music under the aegis of the prestigious Moscow Conservatory, where she studied with Professor Messner, and her uh, entire career is just kind of diamond-studded with high-quality mentors, and she is now herself a mentor to many and plays around the world. She has won awards, including a special award from the New York State Shields in 2003, and more recently, an award for special achievements from the government of Guam. Katya is often invited as a guest performer on the exclusive Silver Sea and Radisson Seven Seas cruise lines, on which she travels through Europe and South America, as well as the South Pacific. She also does concerts for presidents in different parts of the world, and as well does a tremendous amount of charity playing for charitable benefits also across the world. So, Katya, it is a pleasure to have you back on A Better World. Welcome. Thank you, Mitchell. Such a pleasure. You have such a a wonderful biography and history of music-making. Just, I know you're performing this evening. I know you're performing very soon at Carnegie Hall. In fact, why don't you just start by giving us that information in case uh, there are people out there that would want to to, uh, attend either. Well, I'm playing at Carnegie Hall exactly a week from today. It's Wednesday, December 27 at 8 p.m., and it's a beautiful program. Of It's called Classical Holiday because I included a lot of beautiful classical pieces mixed with a holiday spirit. So I'm playing like Bach, Jesu, Joy, Lamentazaring. I'm playing Gounod, Bizet, Ave Maria, special arrangement for the piano. I'm playing Tchaikovsky, Things from Nutcracker, arranged by Pletnov, who is a virtuoso pianist in Russia. So it's very exciting arrangement for the piano. And then I'm playing Beethoven Moonlight Sonata and uh, Chopin, famous Polonaise. And so it's like really nice mix of beautiful things. Yeah. <laughs> really yes, excited it about it. Like that. Oh, how to show, as we say in the old language. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> no, that really sounds, and it's very celebratory, a, a lot of the music that I recognize that you just mentioned and you know one of the uh kind of uh hallmarks of your playing is that you bring 
so much. Obviously, your technique is, you know, off the charts. It doesn't even need to be discussed. The the thing that I feel distinguishes you so much is one feels your heart in the music. It's as though your heart is pumping through your fingers. A lot of love, a lot of finesse, a lot of tenderness. And um, it it creates a stylistic uh, place for you that is distinct from uh, other pianists that I've heard. Your thoughts? I oh, mean, how does you. that relate to your own inner experience? No, that's exactly what I try to do. I'm always focused on the expression. To me, it's the most important thing. And also, like, I do a lot of things to be connected to my own heart because I want to bring that quality to my music. And Mm -hmm. I feel it when I play. Like, when I play piano, I always feel this, like, deep connection with feelings and with love. and, And I love colors, so I don't like pounding on the piano. Of course... When you play like Chopin Polonaise, you need a lot of strength and power, yeah. and it's essential. But also, I love to bring like subtle qualities like pianissimo and tenderness. You're right. So when I was yeah. very young, I had this beautiful Steinway, uh, like for a few years before I left Russia, and the Steinway had very light touch. So I used to sit for hours and hours and trying to find the sound which will like penetrate to, to your heart. Because I heard Horowitz perform when I was 15 years mm-hmm. old. And the sound and mm-hmm. the sound was so magnificent. I never heard anything like this before him or after him. The sound in one conservatory uh-huh. was like as if you're in heaven. And I thought that's how music <laughs> should sound. So after that, that I used to sit like hours and hours trying to find that sound. And I think I succeeded. To, I mean, I always want to improve, like... That's what you do all your life. But sure. to me, it's very important, like, to that expression. And I think people really feel it. Like, when I play, one of my goals or one of my desires every time I give a concert is that people will go, like, to another level or maybe connect to another dimension, you know, and experience yes. something special that evening. And next day, they will wake up happy and maybe have some insights or just be inspired. That's how I used sure. to go when I was little after concert. Sure. So would you say that you were largely inspired by and modeled yourself after Horowitz? Well, I think that was the most inspirational concert I heard alive. Like, I mean, I grew up listening to records like Arthur Rubenstein is incredible. He's one of my most mm-hmm. favorite pianists. And Michelangeli mm-hmm. and a lot of like records. And and Horowitz was not really one of my favorites when I was young. I didn't know him until that concert which happened in Moscow, which was his last concert he gave in Russia, mm-hmm. like when he was 80 oh. years old. And the sound and the expression was so unique and beautiful that, um, yeah, I, I, like it, I think it, that was the biggest inspiration for me to hear that concert. And also I love actually... <laughs> Conductors, like a lot of conductors, gave me inspiration too. Because somehow, when you watch this one person conduct this huge orchestra, you know, and mm-hmm. create power, sometimes I yeah. feel like I'm alone with this big piano on stage of Carnegie Hall, and you need to be like a conductor. Yeah. You have to have yeah. power. You have to have subtlety, but you also have to have that power to direct music, you know. 
Yes, exactly. Well, it's interesting. So you were at Horowitz's uh, kind of a historical concert, his last and right. your first, right? Right, interesting. Yeah. And you've been carrying on in some way, in some measure, you've been carrying on that tradition. It's, uh, it's well, beautiful. I think because now, sometimes people would tell me that they hear Horowitz from time to time when I play because of that sound mm-hmm. I can get from the piano. Yes. It's very clear yes. and very clean and very subtle. Yeah, 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 God, yeah. I would definitely say that's a hallmark of your playing. You know, earlier you said, Katya, that there are certain things you do to get you yourself more in touch with your own heart, which is sort of preparatory to playing for you. What could you share with us a little of what you're referring to? Well, I always begin my day with meditation, so I do half an hour meditation, and I love it. Like I'm, I cannot even do it without it. I think anymore because mm-hmm. I always feel this very special light comes into my body and to my heart too, and mm. kind of carries you through and reminds you like where you have to be connected to, you know. Yeah. And then of course. the other thing which I do every day is called magic ten exercises, which I learned from my friend. Sharon Gannon, she is coming, she's a Jiva Mukti Yoga founder, mm-hmm. and she's actually coming up with a book which is going to, going to be called Magic Ten in June. And she taught me those exercises. I went with her to India last January, and it was an incredible trip, just incredible mm-hmm. trip. So I do those exercises every morning. And, you know, I'm also vegan, so all of that helps you to stay pure. Yes. And yes. not participate in cruelty in this world. You know. <laughs> Somehow we're all connected <laughs> to the on the larger levels, you know, as one species we're somehow responsible, you know. As they say, fewer guilty but all are responsible. So <laughs> but, Yeah, yeah like, but I, I understand like, what I you're love, saying. And you know, I love visiting cathedrals and churches like it's you know it's holiday times and on Monday I was choosing piano for my concert Carnegie Hall and um, after that I went to St. Patrick's Cathedral and it's just like even being in this beautiful church and you sit there for 15 minutes you feel something you know oh yeah so they were designed according to principles of sacred geometry and architecture so right being inside is creating, there's a certain energetic field, a morphogenetic field, which we talk about on this show all the time, uh, that gets in the space and we then experience it. And it's designed actually to help us sit up straight. It may sound funny, but it's to elevate us. And that includes our own physical posture, not to mention the thoughts and feelings we may be having that we would call, you know, more divine-like, something like that. So, wow. Yeah, so, you know, you're not the typical uh, pianist by any stretch, (laughs) which is probably why we're friends, you know. And uh, although, you know, people who are deep in their art, you know, have such a, they have sort of by definition a spiritual sensibility, 
whether they use that language or not is immaterial, no pun intended, to me. But uh, it's it's the commitment and the discipline that what you do every single day, it's hard for ordinary people to understand what it really takes. In fact, why don't you give us a little glimpse of what you do daily relative to practice and rehearsal? Well, it's absolutely essential for me to practice and play piano. So the days when I don't give concerts, I would practice three hours a day or five hours a day or sometimes eight hours a day. It depends how many hours wow. I have. But, yes. but you know, at this point, I have a lot of repertoire in my hands and I give a lot of concerts. So when I travel, very often I don't have so much time to rehearse, but I will have like an hour and a half, a couple of hours to warm up and try new pianos and then you just give a concert and when you give a concert it's also practice because that's actually the best practice is giving a concert because I go to another state myself Mm. and I experience music in a different way than I usually would when I'm just playing for myself so Mm -hmm. actually I love performing that's my favorite thing to do is to perform for people and I love to see how they change during the concert or how the energy changes in the room. It's really incredible what music does, you know. It's a form of spiritual nourishment. And, you know, it's been known the effect of music for a long time. It's, in fact, been scientifically studied, you know, the effect of sound, uh, the effect of certain frequencies on consciousness, on the physical human body. And it's healing. It's therapeutic. It's elating, it's humorous, you know, it has all these different characteristics and colors, if you will, and uh, tones, no pun intended, right? And um, so you are so, you know, uh, masterful in working around all of those, and because your own education is so holistic, you, while you're sitting down, your intention is so grand you are affecting people on all of these levels. And uh, part of it's, I think, because you even have the idea that you can affect people on these levels. So it becomes all the more you know, potent, if you will. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. So I mean, my first who... goal is to always... Yeah. No, no I said like... Before I give a concert, I always have intention before I go on stage and I ask, like, you know, God or whatever you want to call it, that the people mm-hmm. will have some special experience during my, during my concert and connect to the heart and maybe experience something higher, you know, whatever they want, yeah. whatever is yeah. available to them at that moment. Sure. And it sure. happens all the time. It actually happens yeah. all the time. So that's very special. And I think that's I a real art. Like real I'm yeah. aware of what happens at your concerts. It's uh you know, the mu- music just moves right through your body and it's uh it's wonderful to behold. I I love going to your concerts. <laughs> so I know from personal experience. Uh I'd like to ask you, you know, to a kind of extend the heart and the love metaphor uh, and the larger healing one, you play concerts in different parts of the world. And you are playing oftentimes for 
charities. I mean, I know you've played for certain presidents of countries, uh, which that would be interesting to hear a story about. But you also play for children, like tonight in Brooklyn. You play for uh, organizations to help them raise money. Tell us a little bit about about these. Yes, I do a lot of charity work. And um, one of the things I did recently, I was in Kenya, in Africa, and we did a benefit concert to raise money for charity there, which supports kids who grew up in slums. And the only way out of them from the slum is to actually play a musical instrument. So this amazing woman in Kenya started this organization where she raises money, she gets instruments to those kids, and she, you know, the bunch of teachers teach them. And then if they get good at it, they can go and join an orchestra or they join, join something to do with music, and that's the way out. So while I was doing concerts in like very beautiful places in Nairobi, like very upscale places, one of the concerts I did was for kids, and they drove me to that slum. And it was like heartbreaking to see the conditions those kids live in. And I mean, the air they breathe was awful, and the coughing. And but then, from the other hand, they were so sweet, and they really were so appreciative that I showed up there and I played for them. It was like mm-hmm. a very, very, very touching experience. And in New York, I do the same. Very often I go to schools in Bronx and I would play for kids who, like, some of them are homeless, some of them are just underprivileged kids. And I would give mm-hmm. a concert to them and they always appreciate it. Like, they always listen and they love it. And this year I'm bringing 200 kids to the concert at Carnegie Hall who would not be able oh, to yes. come otherwise, you know. Yeah, so I love doing that. I think it's just very, very important to do that. Are those yeah. kids from the Bronx that you have played yeah. to before? Uh-huh. So now uh, you, of, you yeah, went to them and now they're coming to you. Yeah, there's some schools which are bringing kids from schools where I already played and there are a couple of schools which coming then which I didn't play for them yet, so but they don't have ever chance to go to Carnegie Hall. So for them to be in mm-hmm. Carnegie Hall and be in that mani- magnificent space and then also hear the music, it's very special. And also, we, even we're bringing about 30 autistic kids because those autistic mm-hmm. kids, they they are very sensitive, you know. <clears throat> they feel things on a different level. So I have a friend who works with kids in the lower Manhattan, so we're bringing some as well. So, just trying to so do this my is best. Just going you know? back, this goes back to just the the whole nature of the heart and opening it more and it connecting to soul. You know, so it's very vibrant material. You know that you're working with all the time. It's on the level of soul. You know, it's these kinds of inspiring gifts that you're giving as you globetrot around the world and uh, even in our own backyards here in the Big Apple, you know, to go to the Bronx and to Brooklyn where there are, you know, unadvantaged kids who, uh, you know, they must just flock to hear you play and to have your, you know, your good wishes for them. It's, it's really beautiful. I'm, I'm just so pleased. Why don't you, uh, you know, before I let you go, uh, give us a story on the other side of it all of uh, 
some concerts you have done for for various presidents in the world? Well, I received a thing called Guzi Peace Prize from Philippines um, a few years ago. So I played, you know, I played for a couple of presidents there, Fidel Ramos, mm-hmm. and then Arroyo. Then I played private oh, yeah. concerts for <laughs> Miss President Bush, the father Bush, you know. That oh, was very special, Bush Senior. Uh-huh. Yeah, Bush Senior. Uh-huh. I played a private concert for him. And let's At see, the White I House? No, it was in a special. It was actually in, in China. I was playing oh. concert on on Silver Sea Cruise, which was chartered by um, Mr. Bush and like the oh. Republicans. And then yeah. somehow I met him, and then I played completely private concerts for him. It was just him and Barbara and two of his friends for one hour. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what wealth can buy you, you know, an evening with Katya's music. Yeah. Then I also played in Ecuador. I played in Ecuador for a very special person. He was vice president of the country, um, mm-hmm. Moreno, Lenin Moreno. And you know he has a he's he actually really helped a lot the country. He was very unusual person. So and I played at the presidential palace for him and all the ministers. And actually he was president in charge that day because mm-hmm. the president was not in the country. And that's when they invited uh-huh. me to do a private concert. So I did. It was exciting. Yeah. You know. Several and I played in a beautiful room. Up. Yeah, that is just fantastic. Well, this has been lovely to have you on sharing with our audience some of this magnificent material. Say a word, you know, uh, we're just about out of time, but I'd like to hear just a little bit about the pieces that you're playing at Carnegie Hall next week. Yes, like I said, I will play some holiday pieces like Tchaikovsky, Nutcracker, Three Movements, Arranged for the Piano. Bach, Yesu, Joe Man's Desiring, Ave Maria, beautiful arrangement. It's Bach, Gounod, and Bizet, like three composers in one. Mm, And then I'm playing Moonlight Sonata, which I'm very excited because I just performed Moonlight Sonata in Cape Town in four concerts just three weeks ago. And I, you know, I play the whole piece, which is three movements. And the third movement is very dramatic and moves Mm -hmm. people, like very strong. That's why I mm-hmm. actually decided to play Moonlight Sonata at the last minute. It was not part of my wow. program. And then, I'm, of course, I'm playing right. Chopin because I love Chopin. Two oh, and you're so and good at Polonaise. that. Oh. Yeah. Yep. And then I'm playing a special arrangement my friend Byron Duckwall did of I'll Be Home for Christmas. Yes. Because I Byron Duckwall has well. been on A Better World TV as well. Amazing so musician did. and cellist. Right, he did a beautiful arrangement of that piece, I'll Be Home for Christmas, for classical piano. So I'm doing mm-hmm. that as a surprise, you know. Oh, nice. So I'm excited. Nice. And fantastic. then Manuel de Fire Dance. It's like yes. a lot of variety in my program. It really sounds that way. Well, if uh, we in a better world were given some tickets, we would be there to celebrate you as well. So of course. Bear that in mind. <laughs> Let me know how many. For sure. Okay, fine. I will Thank do you. so offline. 
Well, Katya, <laughs> just tell your uh, details about how people can uh, um, attend uh, next next uh, week at Carnegie Hall. Okay. Yeah, it's next week, Wednesday, December 27, 8 p.m. They can call box office 212-247-7800 or carnegiehall.org to get tickets or at the box office on 7th Avenue and 57th Street. That's where Carnegie Hall is located. <laughs> That's right. How do you get to <laughs> Carnegie Hall, they ask? Practice. Of course, you must practice. <laughs> That's You've what I'm going to do now. I'm going to go and practice. <laughs> there we go. Okay, on a show. <laughs> well, my dear Katya, thank you again for being on today. It was a pleasure to have you on again. And um, I wish you so much luck with your continued success. I, I just love it. You're bringing such beauty and such joy to the world. So bless you. Thank you, Mitchell. Thank you. You're so welcome. And I'll see you soon. Then. I'll see you next okay. week. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Okay. Spasiba. Okay. Bye bye now. Thank you. Bye bye. Sure. Bye bye. Katya Grineva, a lovely, lovely woman, as you just heard just now yourself in your own ears. Even her voice is musical. Wouldn't you say? Uh, I've had the, uh, the great joy of uh, being a friend of hers and hers of mine for many years at this point. It's rather awesome. And when I first interviewed her, I interviewed her at a piano store around the corner from Carnegie Hall. Uh, she was friendly with the owner who allowed us to use a Steinway that was built in 1885. I'll never forget that. It was quite an experience. I sat on the bench with her when we did a an interview for A Better World TV, and to this day, it remains a beautiful experience of mine, and uh, I just uh, I treasure it. And of course, we've seen each other many, many times over the years. And um, you know, it will be a pleasure to see her again perform next week. So, if you are around anywhere in the country, I'm kidding. Anywhere in the general vicinity of the Big Apple, that would be a fine way of spending your next Wednesday evening. Uh, during this holiday season. So thanks again for joining. Remember that A Better World is a 501c3. I know we have many friends in other, in other parts of the world, in uh, Australia, in Canada, in Mexico, and uh, many other places. And you may not know what that is, but it's a nonprofit organization. It's where we do public service on a number of different levels, including the media. Our work on radio and TV uh, is to educate, inform, and inspire our audiences on any range of subjects, on any number of subjects. So uh, your help, whenever possible, is so appreciated, whether it's big or small or medium that's not our concern. Our concern is the love of the gift and the use of the money, of course, for continuing on and sustaining and growing our work here at A Better World. So also know that we have a number of different services that you could find listed at abetterworld.tv. If you click around and 
find our nutritional supplements or find your the coaching and counseling services mainly described at this website, mitchellrabin.com, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-R-A-B, as in brilliant, I-N.com. Boy, is a little plain, isn't it? A little vanilla. Brilliant's much more fun. So anyway, please look us up and uh, get on our mailing list, our newsletter. It only goes out once a week. We also have an energetic balancing program that many of you may find interesting. I've done this in Australia, and uh, where I've actually done sessions, I do sessions on phone and Skype everywhere, and I've had clients in Australia, in Europe, in the UK, in Holland, in Sweden, and elsewhere. So, uh, these days, interestingly, distance is not a problem to be connected, as I think we all know. So uh, all of those are available, and all your participation in any of these really does help a better world more than you may realize. And so I just want to thank you all again for being here. My name is Mitchell J. Rabin, and we're going to go out today with a bit of Mozart, as we do every time. Okay, much love to you all and speak with you soon.